the flow of heaven to earth, and they empower the supernatural to occur. Uh, beyond that, they make your life livable. Hello. Yeah. If, if, you have, if you have stressors in your life, many of them have to do with broken relationships. How many of you can agree with that? If you've got problems, they probably come from people. The scripture says, where there is no oxen, the stall is clean. Somebody said, church would be easy if it wasn't for all the people. But if you don't have the people, you don't have the church. And the Bible says that much increase is by the strength of the ox. In other words, people aren't the problem. They're the people they're who get the stuff done. The deal is that they also make a mess in the middle. And so you've got to figure out how to separate the pig from the slop. Hello. You've got to figure out how to, how to separate the people from the mess that they make. And that separation process is called honor. And last week we talked about creating a culture of honor. And today I wanted to develop that a little bit further and show you a story where Jesus honored a person and how that changed his life. And then I'm going to give you a really practical way to practice honor. It's pretty easy, and, and you'll get it immediately, all right? Um, but let's read Luke chapter 19. This is an amazing story about honor. If you'll remember, honor is when we see people the way that God sees them, and then we treat them accordingly. Amen. And doing this shifts their potential. Jesus did this for Zacchaeus. Let's read the story. And Jesus entered... And passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was chief among the publicans, and he was very rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not because of the crowd, because he, and because he was of little stature. And therefore he ran and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass by that way. Stop there for a minute. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. If you understand how the culture worked during that day, the Israelites were an occupied nation. This is difficult for us to comprehend because we live in America and it's like, who can take us over, right? We'll nuke you. No, but, but no, it's serious. But imagine for a moment if China or, or somebody, Russia, somehow managed to defeat the United States. What would happen is that they would come and they would take over our government and our uh, American officials would not be American anymore. They would be the officials, the government officials from a foreign power. And we would no longer pay taxes to the United States government. We would pay taxes to the foreign power. This is what happened to the nation of Israel. The uh, Roman Empire came and they took over Jerusalem and the surrounding area. And they set up governors to be in charge. But the Israelites still lived there. And then what they would do is they actually um, subcontracted out the tax collection. And they got people that were from the nation that they conquered to be the tax collectors. Now imagine this for a moment. Imagine, imagine China comes over here and they, they conquer America and they get some Chinese officials to be in charge. And then they come to you and they say, would you like to be a tax man for the Chinese government and you can, you can collect taxes from your brethren, the people of the United States? How many of you know if you said yes to that job, you wouldn't be very well liked by the people 
So you understand why it's, it, it, it's like, it's like uh, <coughs> being a turncoat. He's working, he's literally working for the man, for the oppressor. Well, who do you, who, who can you get to do that? Exactly. Josh said scoundrels. You, you can't, here's who you can't get to do it. People that had high positions of authority and honor and esteem in their culture. Why not? They're not going to do it. I'm not going to oppress my brethren. But who can you get to do it? You can get the, the dregs of society. The people that have suffered rejection. The people that have been dishonored by their brethren. You can get those people to come and be part of the oppression. This is likely who Zacchaeus was. He probably wasn't big man on campus. He probably wasn't voted most likely to succeed. He was, in, you know, in his culture, he was, he was a small guy, and he's used to having to scratch and claw and promote himself in order to reach positions of authority. Does that make sense? So not only is he siding with the man, but these tax collectors, they, they had a, a, a wide leeway about what kind of fees they charged. So they had to get money for the Roman government, but then they could layer fees on top of that. So it's like the IRS combined with the mafia. And he's kind of like a mafia don. He's the chief tax collector. He's not just a low-down tax collector. He is the chief tax collector. If there's anybody that was despised and dishonored by Jewish society, it was this man, Zacchaeus. Verse 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at your house. He says, Zacchaeus, I need you to come down from the tree of your own self-promotion. I need you to come down from the tree of self-righteousness. I need you to come down from this tree where you think you have to scratch and claw and fight to get to me. In other words, Zacchaeus, you're not going to climb a tree to get to me. I'm going to climb a tree to get to you. And what does he do? He goes to his house, which is a tremendous honor. If there's a guy that has what, what Zacchaeus wants, it's Jesus. It's the esteem of the Jewish society. Zacchaeus wasn't going get, to get that honor and esteem in his natural self, so he, he forced his way to the top by becoming a tax collector. But Jesus has it. Everybody loves him. They, they think he's the Messiah, which he is. But they think he's going to overthrow the Roman government and become king. And, and Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' house and it says, He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. That's what Zacchaeus did. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying this is, uh, that he was gone to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. They didn't like Zacchaeus. <laughs> and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken away anything from any man by false accusation, I restore it to him fourfold. And Jesus said, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Whoa. What happened to Zacchaeus? 
Jesus comes to his house, and this is such a, an extravagant honor that's, that's bestowed on Zacchaeus. And here's the crazy thing. It was for free. He didn't pay any money. He didn't, he didn't manipulate anybody. He didn't do anything. Jesus just came there. And Jesus says, why did I come there? Because, because you two, who society regards as the dregs of society, you two have value. You're a son of Abraham. Amen. You are significant. And, and Zacchaeus has this radical shift in his heart, and he realizes, wow, maybe I'm not a loser. Maybe I don't have to be insecure. Why do you think he's amassing all this money? Trying to fill that void, trying to feel valued, trying to feel worth something. But Jesus comes and he's got so much honor. Imagine this. He's God. He's got, he's got value radiating off of him all the time. And it's so radical that all he has to do is come to this guy's house. Well, who's the temple of the Holy Spirit? All he has to do is come to this guy's house and it shifts how Zacchaeus sees himself and he begins to think, you know what? I, I feel good. I feel whole. And he looks around and he thinks, maybe I don't need all this money. I'm, I'm going to give half of it away. And he does. And I'm going to quit defrauding people. It's fascinating. Jesus doesn't even point out his sin. All he does is shift his identity and the sin fixes itself. This is how honor works. Honor sees people's inherent value and it treats them accordingly. And when you do that, you can change people's lives. So I want to do that. How many of you want to do that? The way to do that is you've got to <coughs> see people for who they really are. You've got to see their identity. I'm going to do this really quickly, and uh, hopefully it'll make sense to you. Turn over to, to 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. I'm going to draw a really complicated diagram up here. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which, uh, which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, and the things which are not seen are eternal. All right, here's the diagram. If you can't see it, I'll describe it. It's a line, horizontal line. Below the line, there are things called seen things. And these are temporary Things that you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. What things are below the line? Well, for one thing, your bank account's below the line. How many of you know that changes all the time? Your health is below the line. Relationships are below the line. Relationships can change. Above the line, you have the unseen and the eternal. The unseen and the eternal. What's above the line? Well, God is. The promises of God. The Word of God. The eternal truth of who God is. Your identity in Christ. 
is above the line. Your identity doesn't change. You're the righteousness of God in Christ, whether you behave like it or not. It's eternal and unchanging. The purpose and plan of God for your life is eternal and unchanging. So there are all kinds of seen things and temporary things in our lives. How many of you noticed that? And a lot of the things that are seen and temporary are this broad category called problems. <laughs> Hallelujah. But in the unseen realm, there's something else. Answers. What Paul says to do is a really simple thing. Are you with me? It's don't look, don't keep your eyes fixed down here on the, un, on the seen stuff because that stuff can change. What you got to do is see past that and see the eternal. Now, how do you do that? With this really simple process called the holy butt. Everybody say the holy butt. Look at your neighbor, say, you need a holy butt. Hallelujah. What is, what is the holy butt? The holy butt is when you learn to put the unseen and the eternal on the right side of the butt. That's it. So what does it look like? Okay, <laughs> my bank account looks bad, but God is my provider. I don't feel so good in my body, but Jesus is my healer. That relationship really stresses me out, but I can do all things through Christ Jesus. That's the holy butt. The opposite is the goat butt. <laughs> I'm preaching better than you're laughing. No. The, the, <laughs> Jesus said, be a sheep, not a goat, right? Yes. What do goats do? Well, the Bible says that I have joy, but I feel bad. That's backwards. You need to have the holy butt. Hallelujah. Well, how does this work with honor? It works like this. People's behavior is down here. People's identity is up here. People's behavior is temporary. It's changing. I've got to look past that and see their identity in Christ. How do I do that? Well, it's like the other day, this, this, uh, we came in here and, and this room back here was like flooded. The, there had been a pipe that burst in the kitchen. There was an inch of water on the kitchen. And so Neil went back there and he found the shut off valve and shut it off. And then me and Neil and Jose, the custodian, spent like a half hour trying to clean up this water for church. And so then the lady that was in charge of that deal came in here. And she was not a happy camper. You know, and, and I'm just trying to give you a real world example, all right? And it seemed like she felt it was like my fault. So, and she was, she was not 
super nice to me, okay? So when that happens, anybody ever had that happen? No. All right, the temptation is to look at the scene, the temporary, and, and think, well, look, I just, I saved your behind. I, we, we didn't do nothing. The thing broke and we fixed it. And get, get mad and defend myself. But all I did was, I just closed my mouth and I thought in my head, but she's a person of value that matters to Jesus. I am the pastor of this church. I, I want to represent Jesus well. Hallelujah. So I just let her rant for a little bit and I was like, I'm sorry, you know, and, and, you know, we're working on it. And hallelujah, at least it's fixed. Jose's cleaning it up and stuff. Anyway, I tried to keep my eyes on the unseen and the eternal. Well, after she calmed down for a little bit, she came up to me and apologized and said, thank you for, for fixing the, the deal. Why is that? Well, because people get emotional about stuff. You ever notice that? And people get their eyes on the scene in the temporary and they start stressing out and they manifest their worst self. Yes. What can you do? You can learn to, to take a step back. What's honor say? Holy but. They may be doing that, but they're a child of God. God loves them. God's for them. And so I need to, I need to treat them that way. So in marriage... This is what the holy butt looks like. Everybody ready? That thing you are doing is driving me insane. But you're an awesome person who will adapt if I give you feedback. That's what faith looks like. Well, Pastor, you can, this is great in church, but you can't do this on the job. Yeah, you can. I, was, I, was a, I managed a movie theater through, through college, and, and the GM, he, he quit because they were always quitting because it wasn't a good job. <laughs> and so for several months, I was like in charge of this movie theater. And we had this employee who was like 17 years old, and he was like a genius. He was in all these college classes. He was really smart. He was, he was doing really great in school, but he was a terrible theater employee. <laughs> he was always late. He always burned the popcorn. He was abysmally slow, and we'd have hundreds of people coming through here. And I'm like, scoop the corn. Just scoop it. Just put it in there. <laughs> he was not good at it, at his job. He was really smart. He was going places, but he was a bad theater employee. And it got so bad, I had to fire him. I never fired anybody. I didn't know what to do. And I sat him down. I'm like, well, you're fired. <laughs> Temporary scene. But, this is what I said, but you're a really smart kid. And I'm sure you'll find a great job somewhere that's more suitable to your skill set. You, you correct behavior while you affirm identity. You correct behavior while you affirm identity. This is what I do with my kids. You are a good boy, a good girl who made a poor decision. 
or with grown-ups. You are way too awesome to be behaving like that. <laughs> this, is, this is what honor looks like. It is the holy, the holy butt. Everybody okay? All right. So that's what it looks like. Let's all stand up. I've reached the end of the, the time here. But look, whatever it is you're facing... It's, so, some of you think, well, this is a gimmick, Pastor. This is silly. Now, I'm making it funny so you'll remember it, but it's not a gimmick. This is what faith looks like. I've, I've had the privilege of being around a lot of people of faith that, that believe God and have seen a lot of awesome stuff happen. And this is what Paul talks about. He says, we were, we're, we're cast down, but we're not destroyed. He says, outwardly we're wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day what faith looks like. It doesn't deny problems. It just it, it acknowledges greater truth. Amen. Bad things have happened in my life, but God is good. God's for me. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for you. If I could have my prayer team come down here. If you're that person that had a um, uh, that Tyler had the word for, Tyler will be right down here. Come down here, Tyler. And he'll pray with you. We love you. Keep the unseen and the eternal on the right side of the butt. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for the principles of honor. We thank you that you're helping us to apply them with wisdom and with grace and to focus on the eternal truth of who people are in Christ, just like Jesus did. We worship you and we love you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You guys are awesome. Have a great week. If you need personal prayer, come down here. If you want to meet Molly and I, we'll be right down front here.